Hillbilly Horror Stories presents Eerie Encounters. This isn't like paranormal creepy, but real life creepy. And honestly, I forget that this happened to me all the time. I think it's kind of a trauma response. In the fall of 2017, I went to college at Westfield State University in Westfield, Massachusetts. I hated it, and I would go home every single weekend. I'm from the Boston area, so about two hours away. I was a freshman, and freshmen couldn't have cars on campus. So to get home, I'd have to Uber 25 minutes from Westfield to the bus station in Springfield, then take the bus from Springfield to Boston and vice versa for when I'd come back to school. I would always come back on Sunday nights and get to Springfield around 10 p.m. so that I could spend the day at home. It was a very set routine every weekend. So I get back, I call my Uber, and he comes and we start our 25-minute ride back to Westfield. I never really pay attention in Ubers. I'm just kind of on my phone, but occasionally I'll check the app to see my ETA. So I check and I notice that it added about 10 minutes to the ETA. I think it's a bit strange since it's always routinely a 25-minute ride, but I don't think much of it. Maybe there's a car accident causing a traffic jam, etc. So I go back to scrolling on my phone, and then I check the app again. Now I notice it added another 10 minutes, bringing the total to an extra 20. And that's when I'm like, okay, there's no way it's a 45-minute ride back. So I say to him, you know I'm going to Westfield State, right? And he instantly nervously laughs and goes, Yeah, I know. I missed the exit and I've been trying to think of how to tell you. Because I'm nervous. What the hell? That's when I text my boyfriend at the time, panicking. Like, what the F is going on? He tells me to check my ETA now. So I go to the app and I see that the Uber ended the ride. So one, now I can't see where I'm going. And two, Uber thinks that I've made it to my destination. I freak out, and I ask him why he did that. He gets nervous again and goes, uh, so it doesn't charge you more. I look out the window and I see, I look out the window to see if I can see any signs as to where I am. I see an exit sign for Lee, Massachusetts. I've never heard of that town. And I know all the towns around Westfield. So I go on Google Maps. Lee, Massachusetts is near the New York border and is 40 minutes away from Westfield. Like, there is no way he ended up there from missing an exit. I am literally panicking so bad, so that's when I call my boyfriend and I stay on the phone with him. I'm literally talking in code. I'm so nervous. My boyfriend would say, do you know where you are? And I'd answer like, no, I don't know about that. After staying on the phone for a while, he finally turns around and heads back to Westfield. I stay on the phone the entire ride back and then ran into my dorm. Weirdly, I only told a few people about this, and like I said, I forget all the time that this happened. I still take Ubers, too. I really believe that that guy was trying to kidnap me and take me to New York, because there's no way it was all just a mistake. The story was sent from Kennedy in Massachusetts. I take these topics seriously because there's so much BS out there on these subjects. 
This story is exactly as I remember it, and even though I fully understand that there's no reason to trust random people on the internet for what it's worth, I'm sharing this genuinely, and I feel it's important to talk about this stuff. I won't give names of the places or people to give my privacy. Anyone involved in this would know, so I'm sharing with you guys because of how unlikely it is that anyone I know will hear this. So here we go. I live in a small city with huge city limits, one of the largest in North America, even though we have a small population of under 30,000. The city is only connected to the rest of the world by a few highways and an airport and is spread out over its huge landmass. We are known for our wilds, mountains, and forests, so here's where my story begins. Growing up, I was the friendly neighborhood drug dealer from a young age. Nothing heavy, just pot, shrooms, and could get some alcohol too. At that time, at 16, you could still get your driver's license, and many of my friends did. Being a small city, there wasn't much to do, and the cool thing there was to drive to a secluded area, listen to some music, drink, and get high. One school night just after 11 p.m., I figured it was getting late and that no one would be coming by, so I started shutting down my computer to get ready for bed when someone began knocking loudly on my front door downstairs. My mom answered and I heard my buddy ask if I was home, and my mom let him in. I could tell there were two people coming up the stairs, however, so I began turning my computer back on as that was my source of music. As some background, I've known this guy pretty much my entire life. He's a dick and fart jokes kind of guy who is all about machines and boobies. He doesn't have much of an imagination and he's definitely not known for lying. He's also never been disrespectful to me, ever. So my bedroom door flies open and there he is, white as a ghost with wide eyes, standing in the door frame and just says, Roll a joint right now. I looked down at his right hand by his side and it was shaking uncontrollably. A girl I know behind him came into view after he walked over to sit on the bed as I walked to my desk. She was smashing her hands together nervously while biting her lip and she wouldn't make eye contact with me. She even went so far as to look up at the ceiling to avoid my eyes and sat down behind my buddy and began rocking back and forth, still mashing her hands together. I didn't say anything and I began rolling a joint disturbed by their obvious and overt displays of uncomfort, but I knew what happened. I was worried because I knew my buddy had just bought a new vehicle. I thought with their level of angst, they've obviously hit someone and ditched the scene of the crime. I was thinking if they tell me about this crime and I don't report them, I become an accomplice. Yet I don't want to rat them out as I'd be a marked man out on the streets. So should I stop them from telling me what's up? What he proceeded to tell me changed my life. He nervously began, he and this girl drove up to a local mountain. There's a spot up on this mountain that if you had a 4x4, you could make it to a cliff overlooking the city through a break in the forest. There's a road that gets pretty rough and there's no lights up there. There's just enough room to turn around the vehicle between the road and the cliff at this specific place, which is where they were parked listening to music, drinking a six-pack, and smoking some weed. At one point, the girl pointed at the sky through the front windshield and told the buddy, Hey, look at that star. It's shining its light on us. My buddy looked at the light source and said, well, That's not a star. And then the vehicle suddenly shut off. My buddy was confused. He works on machines quite a bit and inspected the vehicle before buying it. 
He's wondering why the hell it would just shut off, and then suddenly the girl grabbed his arm and pointed toward the woods in front of him and asked, What the hell is that? He told me that he peered into the darkness about 60 feet in front of them. He could see this long, skinny white thing hiding behind a tree. Its long fingers wrapped around a tree with its head poking out and watching them. He said it must have been 9 or 10 feet tall, and it suddenly split into the woods to their right. It ran so fast that they couldn't tell where it went. In that moment, he told me that they froze, absolutely paralyzed in fear. He said that he was so frightened he couldn't even hold a thought in his blank mind, not even his own name. He just sat there with his hands glued to the steering wheel while the girl beside him was clawing at him in tears, begging him to get the F out of there. Suddenly, this white thing came out of nowhere and slammed into the driver door, lifting the side of the vehicle and tipping it on its two opposite side wheels. The vehicle came back down hard, rocking a bit. He said he was so scared he couldn't even piss himself but that woke him out of his catatonic state. And the thing scrambled across the front hood so quickly that they couldn't even make out exactly what it was. And it hid behind a tree about 40 feet behind the vehicle and proceeded to just watch them again. He scrambled for the keys to the ignition, turned them, and the starter just grinded in rhythms until the vehicle roared to life. He cranked the wheel, stomped on the gas pedal, and drove straight to my house. After he told me this story, he brought me outside to look at the huge dent in the side door. I used to watch A&E crime shows back then before they became popular, and one thing I learned from that show was to look for paint scrapes like grinding across a tree would make. But there were none there. The paint had spider webbed, and it had cracked in the dent the size slightly larger than a basketball. I remember thinking that whatever hit them was straight on and softer than wood because there wasn't a scratch or paint scrape, just a straightforward dent. They left my house to go home. My buddy was still a nervous wreck. The girl never made as much as a sound while she was in the house. I've never seen him like that, ever. The next day, I was walking through the high school hallways, teaming with my peers, and I felt alone. Everything was different. I wanted to just grab someone and tell them what happened. Anyone. Hell, everyone but I knew they'd think that I was nuts as well as breaking a buddy's trust, making him the center of high school gossip, so I just decided to keep my mouth shut. A couple weeks later, I was at a bush party. That's basically a fire out in the wilderness where high school kids can go party. I saw him there. I had more questions like, what were the eyes like? Were they big? Were they small? Just a bunch of questions that I had after thinking about this nonstop for a couple weeks. So I asked him to come with me, and he followed me far away from everyone. He seemed put off that I didn't have a joint or anything, and just proceeded to ask him about what he had told me and some follow-up questions that I had. He gave me this real funny look and asked me what the hell I was talking about. I then became mystified and told him, You remember a couple of weeks ago when you came over late and told me that really screwed up stuff that happened to you and Cindy. To which he leaned his body back away from me a bit, and with a visible discomfort asked, What story? What are you talking about? I got super weirded out, and I told him to never mind. I've approached him one other time on this, and he just didn't answer me. But this actually legitimizes it a bit more for me. When the mind simply can't deal with something, people have been known to simply forget. 
The mind protects us by repressing deeply traumatizing events. I don't know what exactly to make of this, but it gets even weirder, believe it or not. Another group, these hippies that I sold weed to the same age group, had a similar experience just a week after this one. I found out about it a few months later. They'd been parked in a clearing in a different spot up on the mountain, this time four of them in a van smoking weed listening to music at night, when suddenly the passenger pointed out the windshield, telling everyone, hey, check out that helicopter, it's shining its light on us. The driver who was telling me this said that she stopped and listened, but there wasn't the sound of a helicopter rotor blades cutting through the air with the trademark thuds that... It was eerily silent, so she said, that's not a helicopter. And just like that, the van suddenly shut off. Everyone became nervous, and she was perplexed as to why her trustworthy van suddenly just shut off when it started to rock back and forth on its shocks erratically, like there was some type of an earthquake or something. Now everyone was freaking out. She turned the ignition keys, the van roared to life, and they split. The similarities in the stories from different trustworthy people shocked me to my core. My truck-loving dude Bud's reaction seemed true to his character from a guy who never, ever even talks about aliens, let alone suddenly fake an experience for no reason whatsoever. None of them have anything to gain from this true or fake. They don't even hang out with each other, and I'm just left with these stories. There are a few more among my peers, and after digging into the region's history, it turns out that not only are there other reportings of these crazier alien stuff, but we are actually a UFO hotspot in North America, which I had no idea. There's even a famous event almost 30 years ago involving almost 50 witnesses across a couple of towns of an aircraft the size of a football field silently gliding through the sky. After years of thinking about it, here's what freaks me out the most. These things obviously have the ability to shut off cars. The white thing was bigger, stronger, and faster than us. So what the hell did they want? What are they doing because, to me, it sounds like they were experimenting, just seeing what our reaction would be. They could have done anything they wanted to, so why did they do this? Story was sent anonymously. I once dreamt that I was hovering around my front yard. Everything was normal and in its place, unlike most of my dreams. Then as I approached the entrance of the side of the house, I noticed that the door was open. So I looked and I could see my room and me asleep in there. I immediately woke up. Next thing I do is look at that door. It's visible from my room and to my surprise, I noticed that it was actually open. It's like 3 a.m. and everything was pitch black outside. I went slowly to see if I could close it while making sure that I didn't hear anyone else inside the house. Once I reached the entrance, I looked outside both ways and saw nothing or heard nothing. I just closed it and went back to sleep. That story was sent from Samuel. You have been listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories Presents Eerie Encounters. If you have an eerie encounter that you would like read on the show please send it to hillbillyhorrorstories at gmail.com.